Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Welcome back to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus Halloween Edition 2023. How's everybody doing out there? Ooh, everybody feeling a little spooky? I'm feeling a little spooky tonight. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that Mr. Pittsburgh is not here and I'm all alone. So that is why I turned on the camera and went live on Facebook. I'm in my private Facebook group. And speaking of that, if you want to find out more about that, go to LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. You can find out how to gain access to our private Facebook group where we do lives and uh, post things and we hang out and talk about music all day and all week long, 24-7. No bullshit, no politics, no la-la-la, whatever. Just music and having a lot of fun. Uh, you can find out more at LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com, RockRageRadio.com. Download the free app and uh, don't forget to check out Wolf's Customs, where you can get great uh, custom artwork done on your musical instrument. All right. Thank you so much. I am back for another podcast with all y'all. We're going to have a good time tonight. I am uh, going to be telling rock and roll ghost stories. So I have a few queued up here uh, from the likes of people like Alice Cooper, uh, Corey Taylor... A bunch of others, a bunch of others. We're gonna have we're gonna have some some fun with that this evening. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. I hope you guys are having a fun Halloween season. This is my favorite time of the year. I love fall. I love October. Um, November not as much, but still love November. But October is is my jam. And there's only a few days left, but I did enjoy it. I watched tons of great horror movies. Uh, this year, as well as read a great uh, novel by the incomparable Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury, Ray Barry, 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 Barry. Um, so, uh, and I've and I've tried to keep you guys abreast of those things. Uh, tonight, we're going to keep it in the spooky sort of thing. I'm not going to do too much stuff. We, uh, if I have time to do a, no, a new and notable, I may play the new Rival Sons, but I will have to log off of the Facebook Live before I do that because Facebook does not take kindly to any kind of uh, music promotion that involves actual music <laughs> right um so anyway so we're gonna keep it spooky and talk about all spooky stuff related to rock and roll um so what did i do so i'm gonna start in reverse order i watch i've been watching you know just devouring uh, horror uh films for the past uh, well all month actually horror is my favorite genre um yes yes it is It is my absolute favorite. So I watch a lot of horror movies anyways. I always like something that has a mysterious, supernatural kind of like what's going on here sort of thing. More so than the just straight up. I, I 
just like the slasher sort of thing that isn't really my that isn't the, the slasher isn't really my thing it's not really my jam but i i did watch friday the 13th i didn't i wasn't able to get completely through it not because it was too gory or anything but it i just didn't really feel like i get it you know what i mean it's a classic um and i remember renting it on vhs when it came out but it did not really hold up for me and i mentioned that in a previous podcast uh, but i'm just not super into the slasher things unless it's something really just really really awesome and there, there's a handful of them that i like uh so most of my recommendations and most of the ones that you'll hear me talk about are uh of that ilk of the more mysterious stuff with the some sort of supernatural kind of element to them and not just blood guts and gore not that there's anything wrong with that right um okay so let's get into i'm going to go in reverse order here i'm going to go with the one that i watched um last night by the way What's that like? These are all long. Um, by the way, I can totally watch these movies and go to sleep. Like, they don't scare In fact, sometimes I will listen to some of these uh, Beyond Creepy and some of these YouTube channels that tell uh, spooky stories with, like, sound effects, like, you know, wind blowing or whatever in the background as I doze off. So it doesn't bother me at all. I'm just one of those folks. It just doesn't face me. I find them fascinating, interesting, intriguing, not so much... You know, that's the thing, right? Everybody says, is it a good horror movie? Well, did it scare me? What does that even mean? You know, like, I, I don't know. To me, what scares me is the freaking news. <laughs> so I don't watch that. Um, horror is something completely different in my in my opinion. So let's talk about it. I'm going to go in reverse order. I watched this one last night. It is uh, new. It came out this year. Uh, it, I believe it is streaming on Shud- Shudder. Shudder, like butter. Shudder like butter. I was having a conversation about, uh, about butter with my mom this week, and I said, Mom, they just really should rename butter better because butter literally makes everything. Anything you put butter on, it's not, it tastes better. Okay. Yeah, I'm telling you, you could put butter on chocolate. You could put butter. I put some, sometimes I'll put like a little sliver of butter in my coffee. That's a tip from your Uncle Ludini right there. So just just check it out. Um, pop over here. Anybody watching? Yeah, that's okay. I, I didn't plan this. I didn't go out and tell everybody I was doing this. I just thought I would do it. So, uh, but this is called Brooklyn 45. It's streaming on Shutter. Directed by Ted uh, G- G- Georgian. Um, starring uh, Anne Ramsey. Uh, Ron E. Rains and uh, Jeremy Holm. He, he's those aren't the main. That isn't the main actor. The main actor is uh, uh, Larry uh, Fass, uh, Fassenden, who's uh, fantastic. Um, he was uh, he's been in a lot of horror movies lately. So um, this is the latest in a sort of stream of things. He did a wonderful film with. Um, uh, Barbie Crampton uh, recently where he played a minister and Barbie becomes a vampire it's re- his wife becomes a vampire it's really good if you've seen it I, and I will get I will dig that name up and get it to you somehow but uh, this is called Brooklyn 45 um, this is uh, kind of uh, shot and uh, presented almost like a play it takes almost it takes uh, a place almost exclusively in one room the whole time, almost ninety-nine percent of it is all in one room. Uh, there's these uh, five, six characters that are stuck in this room, and you sort of have to deal with them. 
they um, it is not what it, it, there is a seance that happens and while there are supernatural there's a supernatural element definitely to this um, the real horror comes in these friends discovering things about each other that they don't really want to know um, that is it. it it is the premise is that it takes place this is the first holiday season so it takes place sometime between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. It might even be on Christmas Eve. I'm not exactly sure. Um, uh, the the first Christmas right after the end of World War II. That's highly important to the story. And uh, these all these folks are military. Uh, these are, war, are all war veterans, except for one character, Bob, who is a Pentagon official. And um, so he didn't actually... You know, didn't wasn't in in the shit, man. But he was definitely a part of the war uh, the effort in a very important way. And uh, a lot of things, a lot of sort of secrets get revealed among these folks as they're dealing with this this situation uh, revolving around the seance. Um, is that any good? Well, I think that it has a lot of merit to it. It is not. Um, um, it isn't going to be like the greatest movie you've ever seen, okay? First of all, it is a small budget film. Um, that doesn't mean that they skimped. The actors here are all really good. Everybody acts their ass off. Um, and believe it or not, there the horror stuff, there are some special effects that are uh, uh, that happen with regards to that that are like pretty damn good. You uh, Kind of unexpected for this uh for this type of uh film um also um the tension between the characters and everything is 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 pretty good a couple of things it's an it's an hour and a half and it seems like they're working pretty hard to get that full hour and a half i think that um as the as the characters start to kind of you start to find out their stories and what really is going on with them you know i think a movie with a bigger budget would have had like flashbacks and shown you things that happened um uh, this doesn't have it because this is a small uh, budget film. Anne Ramsey is a real standout in it. Uh, she's she's very good in it. Um, I want, but there was some directions that I wanted the characters to kind of go in. I know, right? They should do what I want, right? Um, that they didn't, and so I was a little, eh, you know. I um, also there is a little bit of a uh, message in there about prejudice it's not super heavy-handed and it it does make sense with the story that they're that they're that they're going for here um i think that they there's a twist that i really wanted to happen at the end it doesn't happen um but it's okay if you have shutter check it out i wouldn't like go to a movie theater and pay money to go see this but if you if you can catch it for free um or you have a subscription to to stutter The shutter. Give 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 it a chance. I'd like to know what you think about it. And if anybody has seen it, and you want to care to chime in in the comments, go right ahead. I would like to know what uh, what you think about it. Um, so yeah, it's uh, Brooklyn Forty Five. So we're going to that. That was the that was the latest I've seen. I really and I, I hinted at this on the last podcast, but I did not get um, into great detail with it. But I was watching and have finished the Netflix series. Um, the fall of the house of usher this is um i really enjoyed this a lot again it's not perfect but i really really liked it a lot this is one of those mike flanagan um series he's done a bunch of them the haunting of hill house uh, most notably he's done um 
The Haunting of Bly Manor. So he's this is a kind of thing. And he's working with a set of actors. So it, it's kind of fun to see these actors that have been in the, all of his different series, like get, kind of getting you know shuffled around and, and playing 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 different parts. And it's like, ooh, there's you know uh, there's you know Car- Carlo Giano, um, there's Harry Thomas. Uh, you know, there, there's uh, Zach Guilford. You know, oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of fun to see them from um, from these other series and see how kind of kind of what he does with them. Uh, Bruce Greenwood is in it. I, there's already talk of him being emanated for uh, emanated nominated for an Emmy emanate or emanated uh, nominated for an Emmy. Um, he is fantastic in it as Roderick Usher, uh, this sort of aging patriarch. Um, he he's a real standout. Harry Thomas, he's he's in been in every one of these Mike Flanagan series, and this is the one where he's really stands out. He plays Frederick Usher, and he's fucking great. He plays a real piece of shit. Um, every all all of the people in the movie, all of the rushers are real dirtbags, and um, but they, they in, but they're also kind of likable. So you get kind of torn. About Kate, uh, Kate Siegel is in it too. She's fan fucking tastic. Um, it's really good. But y- you're a little torn, you know, because they are pieces of shit. But at the same time, you're like, you're, you're really having a good time with it. It also has some of the episodes have a lot of humor, uh, which is which is really refreshing. So it's not taking itself too too seriously. Um, uh, one of the cool things about it is each episode is named after and centers around the theme of a particular Edgar Allan Poe story or poem. Those of you who do not know, the Fall of the House, House of Usher is a short story by uh, the uh, the Gothic writer Edgar Allan Poe. And um, he's also wrote a lot of other things, titles you may kind of recognize. Murder in the Rue Morgue. That's the name of an episode. Okay, there's a there's a kind of a riff on that. Um, the Pit and the Pendulum. There's a kind of a riff on that. Uh, the Raven. There's a riff on that. There's a riff on um, uh, uh, the Telltale Heart. It's really cool the way they interweave all the others. So it's not a literal, you know, you know, scene for scene story exact of the actual Fall House of Usher story it's he, they blend all these other things together it's done very it's really fun um, and I and before I get off of this I want to mention that Mark Hamill is in it yes Luke Skywalker himself is in it he's fucking great in it place he's playing completely against type very very good I was like every time he was on the screen I was like yeah that Luke Skywalker it's a lot of fun I would uh, I, I highly recommend this um, it is uh, is definitely horror there are definitely scenes of gore and violence but they are very few and far between it there isn't a lot of that in this this is a lot like if you like the other Mike Flanagan series you'll probably like this one if you didn't like them you probably won't like this one they are um, you know this it's heavy on dialogue and heavy on characters and that's mainly it um, and the, the the only thing I found again and, and I always mention this because I just find this this is a thing with modern Modern drama, modern movies, modern television shows, whatever is like they've always got a crowbar in some kind of message. And there is a couple of scenes here, and spe- especially in the final episode, um, Madeline Usher launches into a whole 
thing, you know, that, you know, about, you know, the message that, you know, is, seems to be pervading, you know, it gets, it gets, they, they, they have to, you know, kind of say, no, we're woke. We did, just in case, in case you were enjoying this way too much, we just want to make sure that you understand that we are woke. We have to pause here and let you know that. Um, and it was just, it was completely unnecessary and uh, really took you out of the story. They need to stop doing that. And hopefully, um, I, I, you know, people are, oh, I think people have been voting with their movie dollars and not going. And I think that you're, I think we're, we're going to start to see a, uh, a kind of a move away from that. But uh, other than that, um, I think, you know, and if you have a Netflix subscription, why not? You put it on. If you, if you like stuff that's more dramatic with a lot of great dialogue and great characters, this is for you. It's not like you know chop them up you know ghost jump scares you know every five seconds it's not the kind of thing at all but i thought very tastefully uh, uh very tastefully done um i rewatched a great one from the uh, from my youth well from my call co- i guess college days uh this is from the 90s john uh john landis uh most famously you know of course american werewolf in london about werewolves but he did a movie about vampires that is not is nearly as high regard, highly regarded. It's not as good. I will admit it's not as, as good. It's called Innocent Blood, starring um, Anne Paralod. Is that how you say her name? Anthony LaPaglia, Robert Loja, and the incomparable, the incomparable. What do you hear, these guys? What do you believe? We a couple of years in this movie. Don freaking Rickles. Frickin' Rickles say frickin' Rickles 20 freaking times fast. Uh, Don Rickles is in it. Angela Bassett is in it. Um, Louise Guzman, you know, you've seen him in a gazillion things. Um, Chaz Palminteri is in it. Uh, oh, Tony Sirico. Uh, Cir- uh, Tony Sirico played Polly in. Um, uh, in The Sopranos. He's in it. So it's a gangster vampire mashup that is uh, he- does not take itself too seriously Tom Savini even makes an appearance in it so it's that cool right um, it doesn't take itself too seriously and it's filmed in fucking Pittsburgh it's so great it's filmed all the um, uh, uh, Oyster House figures in it kind of heavily there's a lot of scenes down there in Market Square very cool Super, super, super cool. Super, you know, you know, fun. Especially if you're from the area, I think you'll, I think you'll have a good time with it. Not serious. Don't, don't, don't go in thinking like this is some serious, you know, horror film. It's, it's really a lot of it is. Remember, it's John Landis, the guy that made Animal House. Okay, <laughs> check it out. It's, uh, it's fun if you haven't seen it. From nineteen, when is the date? When they, I'm here on IMDb. Sometimes that stuff is not. Uh, la, la, la. Director John Landis. Okay, I'm not saying, but it is, I think, 93. I think it's from 1993. Uh, 92, sorry, 1992. And I watched this movie right here is, I believe, going to become an, a Halloween classic. This is going to be one of those movies that's going to go on a lot of people's list to watch every Halloween. It's called Dark Harvest. It just came out this month, uh, directed by David Slade. It is, um, I don't want to tell you too, too much about it because it has a, um, it's very cool. Yeah, I don't want to really give you too many spoilers on it, but uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Ezra Buzzington is in this and Ezra is also in Brooklyn 45. I just realized that. Uh, Casey Likes, 
Uh, Emery uh, Crutchfield is in it. Um, the, the mostly a young cast. You're gonna recognize some faces from some stuff you've seen. Very well done. I was I was very pleasantly surprised by this. It is not again. It is not brilliant. This isn't. The, it's not Lawrence of Arabia, The Godfather, or anything like that. Uh, but it's a good spooky Halloween takes place on Halloween story. Um, the creature is is pretty good. Pretty, pretty damn good. Very. I think it's. I think it's very good. Um, it will remind you, and I don't because I don't want to give too much away. It will remind you of another Halloween uh, cult classic that came out um, and this movie could be its spiritual sequel. And I don't want to even say the name of that movie because it will give too much away. Just take my word for it. Sit down. Watch Dark Harvest. I'm not exactly sure which stream. Oh, it's on I believe it's on Prime. It's on It's on Amazon Prime. Um Watch, just just watch it have a good time it's a it's a popcorn movie it is gory it does have jump scares it is much more like an actual you know it is is a much more like horror horror movie like you would think of um i will go ahead and give you the synopsis from imdb in a small midwestern town a deadly annual ritual unfolds when the mythical nightmare Sawtooth Jack rises from the cornfields and challenges the town's teenage boys in a bloody battle of survival. Um, also, it, there's there's testosterone in this. The men get the get the floor back for for a movie. I mean, so many movies that are out um, are you know female centric. You know, and, and hey, man, the ladies, the ladies do a great job. Some of my favorite, um, you know, heroes in movies are have have been the girls. Uh, Ellen Ripley, oh my god, like freaking amazing, right? Or um, uh, Sarah Connor, just just absolutely amazing. Um, Princess Leia, just amazing, you know, strong female leads. There is a great uh, Emery Crutchfield's character uh, is. She isn't the lead character, but she plays her and Casey are the main characters, and um, she is no no one to, to fuck with, you know. So she's not like a you know little damsel in distress. She she definitely holds her own, um, but it's really cool. Um, it, yeah, it, it, it's good. It, it fills up the whole runtime. You don't you're not like you know it doesn't feel slow or anything like that. I highly recommend Dark Harvest. It just came out this year. So check it out. Okay, so let's. Um, um, before we get into uh, the rock and roll, uh, rock star ghost stories, I just wanted to sh- share something with you guys. Speaking of horror and um, Halloween and horror movies, one of my all-time favorite movies. Period. And a lot. This is, I believe, Quentin Tarantino is on record saying this might be his favorite movie. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, <clears throat> Fantastic, um, revolutionary for its time. It was one of those things that was really, you know, it failed at the box office. The, the studio wouldn't get behind it because they, they like got cold feet on it. And, you know, the reviews for it were terrible and everything. But it, it found life on home video, just sort of like um, Big Trouble in Little China did as well. John Carpenter seems to have a thing with that. Um, and then it got. You know, it, it found a, a whole audience. It became to the point where it was so popular that there was a, a prequel in 2011 to The Thing. But um, the original The Thing features the main character per- played by Kurt Russell. Uh, his name is McCready. And um, there is a, um, there's some great, I, I stumbled upon some great um, theory videos about 
uh, about the thing. And one of them was that, the, that McCready was the thing the whole time. So I put a link to it in the show notes. You watch that video and tell me what you think about it. Um, and the, another great video, speaking of horror movies, um, another great horror movie that people love to dissect is The Shining. And I found, you know, and, and every time I think, okay, I've heard every theory about The Shining, the Wendy theory, blah, 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 blah. And now I find out that there is a new, there's, a, there's a, another theory that the whole story is actually being written by Jack, Torrance. There's a great video on that, the two Jacks, when you get a chance, find that too on, on, uh, on YouTube. I'll put that in the show notes uh, later on after the, after the podcast. So just a, some horror related stuff right there. Um, I, like I said, I don't know if we'll, if we get into some music or something, we'll, we'll see how far we, how, uh, how much time we get into and everything. But I want to, I want to get into our main topic right now. Um, so... Rock and roll ghost stories. This is from Loudwire. I'm not, you know, I didn't go out and interview these people. <laughs> but, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I just thought it'd be fun to play a little spooky music in the background while maybe we uh, uh, read a couple of ghost stories to each other. <sighs> Alice Cooper's Amityville Horror. New collaborations can be a bit unnerving, especially when there's a paranormal presence freaking you out. Back in 1983, Alice Cooper and Aerosmith Joe Perry got together to write some new music, only to be totally uneasy the full time due to their new surroundings. Alice Culp Cooper recalled to uh, the Cleveland scene. According to Cooper, he and Perry were uh, both fresh from rehab and had decided to work together on music for a new film. His manager set him up with a home in upstate New York that was an old house in the middle of a farm country. As Cooper recalls, I'm putting my clothes away. I leave the room and come back, and the closet door is closed. The drawer I was packing is closed. Hmm, I don't remember closing that. The house was so full of whatever that on the second night we're there, we're sitting there eating dinner, and it sounds like somebody is moving furniture in the basement. It's making so much noise, it's not even trying to be subtle. <sighs> Cooper then shared his experience with Perry, who related similar experiences since entering the house. We ran, we ran out of the place, says Cooper. I found out later that this is uh, where the guy who wrote the Amityville Horror wrote the story. There in that house. So, I don't know if he's talking about... I'm sure he's not talking about the house the actual Amityville Horror House, but the, where the author of the Amityville Horror wrote the story, I think that's what he's meant. I need a sip of the recipe there, guys. Sip of the recipe. Oh, goodness gracious. So, um, now let's move on to um, uh, a story about about Corey Taylor uh, from Slipknot. Sli uh, Slipknot's Corey Taylor has had a number of paranormal experiences over the years. Something he tried to come to terms with in his book, a funny thing happened to me on the way to heaven. While out promoting the book, he shared some of the bizarre experiences from his life with the Huffington Post. He recalls instances of their thermoses flying across the kitchen, hearing footsteps behind him on hardwood floors, only to turn around and find no one there. Taylor revealed that one of his earliest experiences came when he and some of his fellow neighborhood kids explored a nearby abandoned house. We called it Cold House, says Taylor, liking it to the kind of place you'd dare your friends to enter. One night, a group of his friends decided to explore the place together. 
we were all standing on the first floor of this place. It has, uh, it was two stories, and this thing came down the stairs at us, explained Taylor. It was the silhouette of a man that was kind of backlit in a way from his own energy. It came down the stairs at us. We flipped out, killed ourselves running out of the house. My leg went through a rotted wood on the front porch, and I still have the scar on my shin. Ooh. Not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad, Corey. Not bad, not bad. Um, would it surprise you that um, J- Ray Manseric from The Doors has a ghost story? Somehow that doesn't surprise me. Um, Jim Morrison, actually, I can't remember what uh, Doors song it is, actually relates a sort of ghostly encounter he had as a child in, um, uh, uh, in, in one of his songs. Uh, the, uh, so... This is entitled The Door Singer Breaks On Through to the Other Side. Uh, You spend a lot of time with your bandmates, but imagine being visited by one of them from beyond. The Doors' Ray Manzarek related story in which both he and fellow bandmate Robbie Krieger were visited in the exact same dream by the late singer Jim Morrison. I have a recurring dream in which Jim has just returned from France, where he died, and has accomplished what he went there for in the first place to rest, get clean, etc. Change his rock star lifestyle. Manzarek revealed uh, this uh, to uh, the magazine about. Uh, We talk about where he's been and what he's been doing. I ask him if he's been working on any new material and just before he answers, I wake up. Manzarek added, when I first told Robbie about it, he said, yeah, me too. He had the exact same dream. Hmm... I would, um, you know, I, I, um, I can just sort of interject it here that um, I definitely somebody I've had I've been asked twice today, no, twice in the past two days, if I think the ghosts are real. Um, I think that people are experiencing some kind of actual phenomenon, but in, in, in that they call ghosts, is it actually spirits? You know of the deceased flying around, you know, what, what, you know, what, what is it? Some sort of uh, mental projection that's, you know, so powerful that it causes things to fall over and fly across the room. Um, it's, I think that it is just unexplained, but I definitely think that people are experience. I've experienced my own things. Um, so, but I would say the thing about um, the, the dream is that just seems like a dream that like two friends would have about their buddy who did that. Like it was a kind of wishful thinking kind of dream that he didn't really die. He came back and, you know, we're going to get back together and and do our thing. Um, And it doesn't. And the fact that him and Robbie both had the same dream, given the nature of the dream, doesn't surprise me all that much. But what do you think? Uh, photographer haunted by Jim Morrison's image. Jim Morrison's bandmates might not be the only ones visited by the late Doors uh, singer. Rock historian Brett Meisner revealed in, uh, that in 1997, while stopping at the uh, Pere La Chasse Cemetery, I'm butchered that, I'm not French, I don't speak French, sorry, uh, at a cemetery in Paris, he had a photo taken of the grave. So this is where uh, Jim is buried. Uh, five years later, coming uh, a Coming across the photo, there appeared to be a chilling image uh, in the shot that looks to be the singer himself. Meisner told the Express that while thousands of people have visited the grave, nobody has captured 
this strange image. Meisner sent the photo and the negative for extensive analysis, but so far no one has been able to explain the image that was captured. A trick of light was rolled out, and image manipulation also appears to be unlikely. The historian believes he was cursed uh, by revealing the image, stating that his marriage broke down and he lost a close friend to drug overdose soon after. Part of me wishes that I never stopped, stepped foot onto the uh, graveyard in the first place. I'm partly to blame for talking about it in the first place. I should have kept it to myself. Miser says he's had visitors come to his home with messages from uh, from Jim. Well, at first, it was interesting to see the bond people had with the photo. He now views it as a negative vibe. So, right, you know, you could imagine Alice Cooper and Jim Morrison, Ray Manzer, people like that. Uh, maybe even Corey Taylor, you know, with their sort of band imagery and the kind of dark kind of vibe around them. Having ghostly encounters right but what about brett michaels you know i mean he just even brett michaels to me always comes across as like the nice guy of rock you know one of the nice guys of rock he just seems to kind of, so seems completely chill um but he too is is here on the list um brett michaels sees the light the appearance of loved ones who have passed away seems to be a reoccurring theme here so is the case for Poison frontman Brett Michaels while making an appearance on Celebrity Ghost Stories. Michaels really the story of crossing paths with uh, an apparition he believes to be his late grandmother. I am not a person that every time I hear a crackle or a sound in the attic, I don't immediately say, it's a ghost, states Michaels. However, I believe I have absolutely uh, for sure seen an apparition in my life. Michael recalls that when he was 17, spotting a strange light in the basement and went to investigate, uh, dealing with his parents' divorce, his own health issues from diabetes and the death of his grandmother, Michaels took it as a sign. Uh, it scared the hell out of me, said Michaels, but when I think back about it, it just motivated me enough to let me know that my life hanging out with these friends was going nowhere. So badly that day, I needed, to, uh, I needed a sign and I got it. The rocker says... Uh, that wasn't his only paranormal experience either. Revealing his grandmother visited him on the deck of his Malibu home to share a congratulatory message and some family love. Interesting. 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 So he has this spiritual experience and then, you know, changes his life. Not unlike uh, a lot of folks have a spiritual experience, right? And decide to make some sort of uh, make make some sort of change. Ooh. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'll get on with it. Vince Neil convinced of Sin City spirits. Uh, it makes sense that there might be some spirits floating around in Sin City. I think we're talking about Las Vegas, right? Motley Crue's Vince Neil decided to join Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures as they investigated spirits in room 908 at the Las Vegas Riviera Hotel. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, he told the Las Vegas Sun, after what we experience, I now really believe in this paranormal phenomenon. When you watch, you too will be scared out of your pants. Oh my. Neil joined the show's host and several other Vegas celebs at a party in the old hotel's penthouse in hopes of conjuring up some ghosts from Las Vegas past. We experienced unexplained first-hand encounters, including scratch marks on a woman's back, cold sensations, voices, and knocking, Neil said of the expedition. But when we went into room 908, we really had the shocking, overwhelming physical experience of our lives. Sounds like one hell of a party. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness! Uh, this here's one um, regarding uh, 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 um, Mike, the band My Chemical Romance. And again, okay, so now we're moving into a band like it's got gothy kind of stuff. So you could see they're you know, maybe vibing. But Brent Michaels just that seems out of character. Another sip of the recipe. Got to stay well lubricated, kids. Uh, the Blacked Out Parade. They'll carry on, they'll carry on. But if you know the history of My Chemical Romances, the Black Parade album, it's a wonder they truly did carry on. The album cycle seemed to be cursed uh, for the band, with the group going so far as to print I Survived the Black Parade t-shirts after numerous misfortunes. The strange occurrences started while recording at the notoriously haunted mansion, The Paramore. Okay, so we're going to record at a haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. And what do you think's going to happen? Um, while there, the band noticed doors slamming and opening of their own volition, and a serious atmosphere always seemed to inhabit their surroundings. Singer, singer uh, uh, Gerard Way experienced night terrors, while bassist Mike Way eventually vacated the mansion's most haunted room to sleep on uh uh, Gerard's floor. The entire band left the mansion before their scheduled time, but a curse seemed to follow them. During uh, the famous Last Words video, Frank uh, Lero, uh, no, Iero, uh, jumped on singer uh, uh, Gerard Way, causing the vocalist to tear ligaments in his ankle. Meanwhile, drummer Bob Bryan's leg caught on fire during one take, and he suffered second and thir- third degree burns that eventually became infected, causing gangrene. Oh my god. Uh, Briar would also injure his wrist on tour. Members of the band and crew got food poisoning, causing the cancellation of six shows, and Iero also had to leave the tour at one point due to his illness. Gangrene. Ugh. Yuck. That's that's disgusting. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. You know, I've heard this too, like different film shoots were cursed. Um, there's a uh, story about The Exorcist, the original <laughs> movie um, that the shoot was in. And, and some, pe- there, you know, some people had passed away, and different things had happened. And um, uh, Ellen Bernstein kind of like I think put it into perspective. And she, I heard her talking about. She's like, yeah, these things all happen. However, it was a kind of long shoot, and when that happens, there's so many people involved in a film that the likelihood that somebody's mom is going to pass away or you know, there could be somebody could get injured doing something like, like, isn't all that really out of the ordinary, you know, and that this sort of stuff was sort of out there to kind of promote the film. You know, it's a spooky film, so spooky shit must have happened. Crowbar's Kirk uh, Win- Winstein down with the spirits like this band. Crowbar's Kirk Winstein has also spent plenty of time rocking with Philip and Selmo in down. Oh, I get it. I get it. That was the that was really bad guys. Loud wire cut wire. Come on. Enough with the puns. Uh, but he might be a little nervous about any future invites. Speaking with little punk people, Winstein revealed he had an experience visiting in Selmo's home that always left him wondering. According to Winstein, he was listening to music and drinking beer with Anselmo in his home when a knock at the door surprised them. Winston recalls, I go to open the door and there's nobody there. I went back and sat in the chair. And when I did, it, I happened to glance over my right shoulder and there's a doorway there. I saw nobody walk down the hallway. Uh, I saw somebody walk down the hallway real quick. So he's sitting there. He looks over. He sees it. There's a doorway. And he sees somebody walk down the hallway real quick. 
The guitarist recalls it's weird because back then we used to crash Phil's because it's almost like he didn't want to be there alone. Hmm. Despite the fright, uh, Winst- Winstein's, uh, Winstein's didn't leave. He explains, I didn't want uh, them to make fun of me, so I just drank more beer and I was fine. I'm not afraid, no ghost. If they're real, I don't think they can really hurt you. Interesting. Uh, Fever 333's Ghost Rave. Milwaukee Concert Revenue, uh, excuse me, Milwaukee Concert Venue, The Rave, has been the subject of several quote-unquote haunted stories over the years. Fever 333 frontman Jason uh, Allen Butler told Alternative Press that he encountered a ghost uh, once while playing at the venue. I met a ghost in Milwaukee. There was no handshake, but we certainly encountered each other. And I've got about six other people that could corroborate that story, the singer said. Uh, it was the top floor of the Rave Eagles Ballroom. The ghost was inquisitive and seemingly young, uh, which was a bar. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, Butler says the venue's haunted history is well known locally. My brother is very involved in the Milwaukee PD, and he knows plenty of stories uh, that at least have strange. Um, displaced energy left there. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, could you, would uh, would you be surprised if Black Sabbath has a ghostly encounter? Somebody sent me a. Uh, somebody sent me some quick text. Sorry about that. Uh, but you know, right? Black Sabbath. You would, duh. Of course. You know. So you would think that they would have one, just like Alice Cooper and some of the other ones here. It's not uncommon for a few ghosts to be around for recording sessions, but Black Sabbath had a surprise visitor during the recording of Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Speaking for the reunion CD liner notes, Tony Iommi recalled their session at Clearwell Castle in Wales, explaining that the band spotted a special visitor one night. We rehearsed in the armory there, and one night I was walking down the corridor with Ozzy. We saw this figure in a black cloak. I said, who's that? Ozzy says, I don't know. We followed the figure back into the armory, and there was absolutely no one there. Whoever it was had disappeared into thin air. Um, He says the people who owned the castle were well aware about the ghost, which was uh, a surprise to the band. Uh, They did have some fun with their encounter. We spent the rest of the time trying to frighten each other by rigging up all these devices. In the end, we were all petrified and we had to drive home every night rather than stay there. That sort of defeated the purpose of the whole thing. <clears throat> um, Sa- <laughs> this is a great title, huh? Sabbath basis scared Satanless. Is Satanless an actual word? I don't know. Black Sabbath's lyrical content has taken a trip to the dark side of the past, but Geezer Butler revealed that his fascination with Satanism once took a scary turn that left him a little frightened to dig further. In the liner notes of Sabbath's reunion CD, the bassist recalls that he had been reading a weekly magazine called Man, Myth, and Magic that delved into the topic of Satan. He uh, also was reading books by Aleister Crowley and Dennis Waitley. Waitley? What? Waitley? And had recently started to immerse himself in the ideas of Satanism. (laughs) I moved into this flat and I painted it black with inverted crosses everywhere, Butler says. He recalls, Ozzy gave me uh, this 16th century book about magic that he'd stolen from somewhere. Of course, Ozzy stole a book. Um, I put put it in the... um, 
cup in the cupboard because I wasn't sure about it. Later that night, I woke up and saw this black shadow at the end of the bed. It was a horrible presence that frightened the life out of me. I ran into the cupboard and threw the book out, but but the book had disappeared. After that, I gave up all that stuff. It scared me shitless. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Uh, all right, we're gonna do. We'll do a few more. We'll do a few more for all y'all. Um, Ace Freely watching his steps. One thing that's often not obvious when purchasing a new home is whether or not it's haunted. While speaking with Celebrity Ghost Story, uh, Freely recalled two different occasions when his wife and daughter were violently pushed down the stairs uh, in Westchester, New York, home by what he felt was a ghost. I always had this sense that there was some type of connection with me and the other side. Fraley said the musician also said he started noticing things being moved from place to place around his house. The guitarist moved back into the home with his new wife years later, and she immediately uh, picked up on the eeriness of the place uh, while being pushed down the steps as well. Fraley revealed that the psychic had told him his house had previously been inhabited by an abusive mother who murdered her children in the home. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's great. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, goodness. There's a million of them here. Let's... What do we want to do here? Let's go and talk quickly about... We talked about Ace. Let's move over to... Marilyn Manson, Manson's House of Holy. Uh, Many a band have recorded hit records at the uh, Harry Houdini House, but the mansion does have a spooky history. Twiggy Ramirez and John Five relayed some of their experiences recording Marilyn Manson's uh, Hollywood album to Guitar Magazine, recalling uh, some potentially paranormal experiences. Ramirez recalled, I spent the night there once, and in the morning I heard people downstairs. I heard someone playing the piano, and I thought the crew had arrived. I figured it must have been uh, uh, Bon Harris, one of the engineers who used to uh, be in the band, uh, another band, playing the piano. I got up and there was no one down there. Ten minutes later, Bon showed up and I asked him if he was playing the piano. He said, what are you talking about? I just got here. I don't know if he was pulling my leg or some dead babies were playing the piano. John Five shared a story that was a little more convincing. Uh, one time our co-producer Dave Sardi was in the kitchen and he was walking back into the living room and there were a curtain separating the two rooms. He bumped into somebody behind the curtain saying, oh gee, sorry. But when he opened the curtains, there was no one there. So there was something going on in that house. There were so many rooms, nobody in their right mind would want to stay there overnight. (laughs) Oh goodness gracious. Um, Let's see here. I don't want to. Do you guys want to hear about? Um, we'll do one more. We'll do one more time. Yeah, we'll do a couple more. Uh, Chris Jericho shall pass no further. Fozzie frontman and wrestling superstar Chris Jericho once hosted a travel channel show where he was sent to explore potentially paranormal activity. Traveling to Louisiana for the shoot, the singer tells us one of the strangest tales led us to this voodoo priestess and this giant burial ground when there were like 50 or 60 people buried. While we were there, some very strange things happened and it became a fight or flight thing. 
I was like, we got to get the fuck out of here. This is not cool. Jericho, who has uh, done podcasts about and explored paranormal since his teen years, tells us you could feel it. You could really feel it. And it was, and it was not a joke or like having the heebie-jeebies. You could really feel that something really weird was going on there and you better not fuck with it. <laughs> I know the difference between, oh, my God, there's something going to bump in the night that scares you and just having this really deep feeling of something not right. It was really, really creepy and very real too. <sighs> the Red Hot Chili Peppers also recorded at the Houdini Mansion um, and famously used the space to record the Blood Sugar Sex Magic. During the sessions, Chad Smith refused to stay in the mansion saying, I'm not scared of ghosts, but I felt like, but it felt like a presence. Uh, there were strange orbs that uh, turned up in some of the photographs, and Flea reported spotting a woman in black. According to Kerrang, guitar, uh, guitarist John Frusciante uh, perceived the ghost to be friendly and even admitted to masturbating in front of them. Wow, <clears throat> I could have gone the whole podcast and not have <laughs> thought about that. John, please, please. The TMI, TMI. Sorry about that one, folks. I, uh, I didn't. I haven't. I'm just reading them to you, and I, I apologize. I did not proofread. Um, let's see here. We want to do another one before we wrap it up. Oh, how about Skinner? It wouldn't be a ghost story podcast without talking about Skinner, right? Uh, if they leave here tomorrow, would you still remember them? Well, there are some Leonard Skinner fans who believe a paranormal experience is happening in the trees around Jack's Memory Garden Cemetery in Jacksonville, Florida, where Ronnie Van Zant and Stephen Casey Gaines are buried. Photographer John Stollard shared a pair of cemetery photos with uh, Halloween's Unseen, where it appears faces of the buried band members can be seen in the nearby trees. None of the other photos from the shoot seem seemingly showcase the faces in the trees, but one Stollard posted these image fans be immediately uh, picked out the one shot, noticing the resemblance of the deceased band members in the trees. It's as plain as a, as plain as day. When you finally see them, uh, Stollard says, I've had a long connection with uh, uh, Skinner and the Van Zants are friends of mine. And they were a little spooked, but comforted as well. It does look like Casey and Ronnie too. And they are buried side by side there. Oh my. Oh my. So, I don't know. I think that the, um, you know, is it, is it the case? Is it just the heebie jeebies? And is it like people like Chris Jericho, who does a podcast on the paranormal, like, you know, trying to goose up fans so that his podcast will be more exciting <laughs> I don't know I don't know um, I have uh, my doubts about a, a lot of those but I don't know so you know I, I think again I think that the I think that most of those people believe what they experience I believe Brett Michaels believes what he experienced I, I definitely believe that Alice Cooper um, isn't bullshitting about what he experienced either um it's um, it's interesting, I, but you know, you, there's there's no way to know. That's why it's called the supernatural or the paranormal. Like there's no, it can't be proved. I, uh, um, you know, it, it takes that it takes that leap of faith, and you can't, you know. I I know the things that have happened to me, so I have definitely believed that 
um, these people can absolutely be experiencing something. Um, is it literally the spirit of a dead so-and-so or whatever? I, I, I don't know. Um, I have seen the woman, the author of The Conjuring books. In fact, I'm gonna, I want to pull up her name because I would like uh, you guys to, if, you're, if you like to read, you might find this interesting. The novels based on The Conjuring said that wrong house of darkness house of light um that's that that's that's the name of it sorry i I said it wrong and google even figured it out for me thank you google you're you're so nice uh andrea perone um house house of darkness house of light i've seen her interviewed three different times and um this is one of those things like the amityville horror uh, that supposedly, you know, those, you know, these stories are based on true events. The Amityville horror has uh, absolutely been called into massive question, um, and it's uh, pretty much uh, believed that you know that family, in order to you know get out of some financial problems, generated this story, and you know got the Warrens involved and everything, and um, it's a kind of, uh, of you know. Um, it's you know kind of kind of going to be kind of becoming kind of a um, a scandal, um, but I don't think that Andrea Perone yet ha, as yet hey, Bill Damiano says hola, uh, I, as of yet has been discredited in the same way, um, but uh, she has a couple different volumes of this uh, House of Darkness, uh, House of House of Darkness, House of Light, and um, this property that they bought was really a big property and they lived there for I mean you get the impression in the book in the movies that this all took place over maybe a few months or something like that but they lived there for many many years but um, there was a lot of different crazy phenomena and things that you know if you if she is to be believed do seem like really out there for example and this is a music thing so you guys will appreciate this um they had when they moved in there there was one of those old-fashioned radios it was like you know all made out of wood it was like like a piece of furniture it was like kind of an antique so they kept it um and it was in their living room and every once in a while it was. It, it did not work. You could not turn it on or do anything. It was broken, and it wasn't even plugged in. But every once in a while, it would blare out "Nights in White Satin" by the Moody Blues. That's creepy as fuck. You know, breathe deep, the gathering gloom. You know, all of that. Um, that's 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 creepy as fuck. Fuck that. <laughs> That'd be enough for me to get the fuck out of that place. Um. And uh, Bill Damiano's uh, commenting. Uh, he says he, him and his daughter both have seen a ghost of a little girl in their house. <clears throat> I have had um, the, those similar experiences too. But anyways, back to the um, House of Darkness, House of Light. Um, also, there's a lot of things that happened. There was all kind. There's like there's like cryptid activity on the property. Also, a lot of UFO sightings, and even UFO abductions. Um, and this this phenomenon has appeared to have followed this woman <clears throat> um, after her <clears throat> years of living there with her. She is the oldest daughter, by the way. She's the oldest daughter. If you've seen the movie, she's the one who's the oldest daughter. Um, uh, she disagreed with, of course, 
with what James James Wan's, you know, interpretation of the book and everything. But also knew that like this is a book that's very sprawling and takes place over like many 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 years. And in order to make a decent Hollywood movie, you know, they you know, they had to you know they had to pick out the best stuff of this that they felt they could turn into a story. So that, that's how movies work. <clears throat> so many things, by the way, guys, don't be, <laughs> do not like be, be sucked into this, you know, oh, it's a true story, you know, inspired by true events. <clears throat> you know, that that's, that could be anything. There were some people, they lived in a house and somebody saw a ghost. Like, you know, that's, you know, I, I'm not, so, so, um, there was, so it was much more expansive than what, of course, than what you saw in the movies. And it was also not all of the, she, Andrea didn't believe that all the phenomena was actually evil. Um, they felt that they also had like kind of transpersonal experiences there that were kind of beautiful and spiritual as, as well. Um, interesting, but I've seen her, um, uh, interviewed, uh, I think, three different times by Regina Meredith on Gaim TV, and very, very interesting. It was great. It was very interesting. Um, is she has a you know kind of a desire to sort of set the record straight, but um, you know, you, you can, a movie and a book, you can't. You know, no, you just can't. Especially something like that that spans all kinds of different things. They took some incidents. You know, they had to work the Warrens in there because they knew that they wanted to develop this <clears throat> franchise. It's so interesting, you know, it's, a, it's a, the Conjuring universe. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know if uh, I don't got too many. You know, like I said, I didn't plan to, to do a live. I just kind of jumped on. So I'm not faulting you, but maybe you guys can leave some comments um, down the road. Or we, I, I'll post it. That's what I'll do is I'll post the question. Uh, in the group and we can talk more about you know do you have you ever had a ghost story uh, a ghost experience or paranormal experience and you know what do you think about that sort of thing do you think that there's any uh, validity to it I was on another podcast I do I do a real estate podcast believe it or not and um, we did a, we did our Halloween show um, a few days ago and that we went around the room <clears throat> and uh, it was um, three guys and two girls women females whatever <laughs> um and the girls were and were all like yes i believe that it's something i definitely believe there's something to it that they're they're ghosts i was like yes i definitely believe but the other two guys were like no nah, no i just can't i just can't i just can't i just can't believe that uh, interesting um it's it's it, it's it's interesting um i often wonder you know and this has actually been asked you know, in different horror movies and stories and stuff that I've read and watched that, um, you know, well, if you are you, you go to church, right? And you pray. I mean, that's every bit as paranormal, supernatural or whatever as, you know, encountering a ghost. So why would you have a problem? You know, it always cracks me up <clears throat> that when you watch these movies about exorcisms, you know, it's always the the church it's like now wait a minute now you know we, you know the devil's like a metaphor and you know also, you know wait a minute are you the church <laughs> or aren't you <laughs> if i can't go to the church find somebody who believes in the devil in church like you know it's a sad state of fucking affairs <laughs> oh i don't know um so i don't know i what i'm going to watch next um uh, there is, there is, um, I have a list. I keep a list. I, I follow a lot of YouTubers that, um, give movie 
recommendations. And um, and I keep I actually keep a list, and I'm sure I'm not you know unique in this, um, but I keep a list on my phone. And I have a gazillion things, not just all horror, but but a lot of different um, ones. Um, but uh, some of them want uh, I I, I want to rewatch. Uh, I saw the devil. I've heard. Um, I saw that many years ago. I thought it, I thought it was really good. There is a new um, horror film out that's in theaters. And when evil lurks. And this is getting a like a this is getting a lot of attention. It is, um, uh, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a demonic story, but it's also supposed to have like a lot of body horror in it. And I'm not typically I don't never went in for torture porn. I saw the first two Saw movies. <clears throat> the first one I'll tell you a hilarious story about it. And I'll tell you about it in a second. But um, I saw the first two Saw movies. I'm not real big. The movie that like I that really turned me off to that whole genre was um, uh, Hostel. That just was like, okay, I was just, I don't need to see that. You know, I don't need that. Uh, no, no, thank you. I'll just pass on that. Um, but, um, you know, I can do hardcore gore if it's in a really good story and it fits well with the story like you wouldn't want like well I mean the thing is very gory uh, but you have but it's if they backed off from the gore then it would really have not been nearly as effective like you, you know so if the story is hardcore enough and it's serious enough and done in a serious way and then they kind of pull back from the violence well then it's like you know so uh, so if it's in that context I'm way more um I'm way more. I'm way more with it. Um, <clears throat> my my saw story. Um, so that movie was coming out. I saw it in the movie theater, and I I was uh, seeing this girl all the time, and we had saw it. We had saw a trailer for it. We'd seen, we'd seen a trailer. We saw we <laughs> seesaw. We'd seen a trailer for it, and it did look pretty. It looked pretty freaking intense, and I. It's, so I want so we so we made plans to go see. So we went to a matinee or something, and I bought the ticket. And as we were walking in, there was a poster for it, and I already bought the ticket. And I I looked at her and I said, I don't think I can watch this movie. Like, I'm really scared. So she was like, she was trying to calm me down, but she was also kind of laughing at me. Um, she loved to watch horror movies with me because I get like when something scares me, I will yell out. I'm like, ah! I'm like, I would totally do that. Um, but in any but in any case, um. We so no, I she she talked me down off the ledge and we watched it and I thought it was really good. I thought it was very different. Has it has it did have a good twist. That's a that was you know when the dude stands up at the end. He's been in the room the whole time and I got chills. I like freaked the fuck out. I was like ah, I was freaking out. It was really fucking good and um um. So there was more to it than just the violent aspect of it. But if they didn't have the violent aspect of it, the whole like circumstance of what's going on really wouldn't work either. You had you really it was really the two things you really had to have that as part of the story. So I was like, I, it, it wasn't one of those movies where I really thought that was gratuitous. I think that like you know they were trying to show something that how brutal the situation was, and they needed to do that. Um, <clears throat> that's being said. 
Um, I watched, I went, and so, so we I ended up going to see the second one a year later, a year and a half later, whenever it came out, and was terribly disappointed. It really felt like just a remake of the first one, but not as good. Um, and then I, you know, from what I understand, the rest of them were just like, you know, I have a friend of mine who's seen like all of them, and he's like, it's just, I just want to see how twisted ways people get, get like, you know, fucked up, you know, killed and everything. And I'm like, yeah, see, I got to have more than that. I don't want to just watch that. That just doesn't do it uh, for me. So, uh, but I have heard that Saw X is um, really good. And, and in fact, people have been saying things like it's even better than the original Saw movie. So, I might, you know, break out some saw and and watch that one um not will not watch it by myself uh but i i'm seriously considering watching a little saw <sighs> i can say i see saw ha 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 i'm so funny anyways uh so yes yeah, so i think that i'm gonna uh, that i'm gonna definitely check that out. i want to see uh when the devil lurks um and you know i i have a buddy of uh, uh who posts on you follow on facebook and you know he often posts Things where he says, "Yeah, since today's like he's into comic books. Like since today's comic books suck, you know, here's a classic that I'm reading, and maybe you should check out. And he, you know, and I think that's so true about a lot of movies. I think there's a lot of there's so many great movies that are really worth a rewatch that are really fun um, that give great memories from, or movies that maybe you never got around to seeing, and you put them on and you watch and you go like, shit, that was really good. Like I recently, within maybe last year and a half, watched the movie with, um, from about 10, 15 years ago with, um, Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise called Collateral. It's fucking great. It's, it's a fucking like, holy shit movie the whole time it's really good um you know so but but rewatching i do rewatch classics um i re- recently rewatched uh house of wax from the the early the early 2000s um and it was it was pretty fun it, it, it was it was pretty fun um but i do have um some on my list here that I'm definitely going to check out. Some I will check out after the Halloween season. But um, I saw uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, and um, that was the only Ouija movie I saw. And I've, I heard people have been like, "No, that's actually really good." Like it's like the first movie is stupid, and the rest all sucked. But that was like, and that director—I don't remember who the director is—actually, um, uh, it has gone on to do some other cool shit. Um, the Jester and Night Swim and The Pond, Black Mold are all on my uh, are all on my list so it is I'm recording this on the 25th I'm gonna watch something when I'm done I'm recording early since mr. Pittsburgh couldn't couldn't get together I so um, uh, so I have some time now um, we're I'm gonna let's let's go ahead and wrap it up um, if you guys see mr. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Kevin you know you know give him a hug say hi he's uh, he spent a few days in the hospital spent the fucking weekend in the hospital it sucks um, so, um, say hi, maybe send him a, maybe, you know, maybe creep him on, um, Facebook and, you know, 
you know, wish him that he's feeling better. He is home. He just got, he just got home a few hours ago and he's like, dude, I'm just really not up for doing a podcast. You know, like he hasn't slept in his own bed in several days and yeah, you know how that sucks. So I was like, dude, like, you know, take care of yourself. Um, so if you see him, say, Hey, you know, give him a hug. Tell him you're thinking about him. Tell him, wish, wish, give him some good wishes. Um, so we will be back next week. Um, with another exciting Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast. LudiniRockandRollCircus.com is our website. There's a lot of cool shit there, including uh, access to our uh, private Facebook group. And we got some folks that popped in. So I got a few thumbs up tonight. Bill Damiano popped in and, you know, threw a few comments at me. We'll always love that. And Kev, uh, Mr. Pittsburgh and I have been talking about whether or not to go back to doing um, the live, doing the live video feeds. The issue is the music. We want to play music and YouTube and Facebook fucking hate that. So we are kind of kicking around like how we might do that. For a while, we were muting the music ourselves. Um, If I ever want to grow anything on YouTube, I will be permanently shadow banned if I'm playing other people's music. It's just, I'm just going to like, and I would never be able to get any ad revenue or anything. So there's that side of it. So I haven't exactly decided how we want to do it. Might just reserve it for the inner circle group uh, for now, or we might just, you know, go live for the non-music part of the podcast. Eh. So if you have any suggestions on that, I would love to hear them because we are, uh, as my dad used to say, between the shit and the stink. <laughs> so um, uh, we are just we're, we haven't really got our minds around exactly how to do that. Um, but we like doing it and we like live audience interaction. So, um, uh, so think about that. Uh, LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com and you can get all the cool shit there. Also, uh, RockRageRadio.com is a great free app. We are on, we're part of the Rock Rage uh, Radio family and uh, this is great because I'm telling ghost stories and I believe we air like at noon on Sundays. So just as you're coming out of church, you know, you can listen to me, you know, tell you some rock and roll ghost stories. Um, but Rock and Rage Radio has just been, and, and we've got so, we get so many fans from it. It's just a, it's a great platform. We're really uh, excited and very happy and we love John and Gigi you guys have really done well by us so thank you very much support Rock Rage Radio it's a free app there's tons of great programming on there Lily has her own show on there uh, Angelina Green uh, there's t- tons of tons of great shows on there uh, so check that out also um Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wolf's Customs. Go to Wolf's Customs uh, on social media and uh, get great uh, custom artwork done on your musical instruments. Um, All right, guys. Uh, Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I, 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 you know, I had a good time. I, you know, it's always better when Mr. Pittsburgh is here. So he will be back next week. So, but I did have a good time. Happy Halloween. I was going to say have a happy and safe Halloween, but be safe. But don't be too safe. Like have a little fucking fun. Okay. You know. Oh, fucking fun, man. You know, scared of little kids. Put on a, get a scary fucking mask and chase the trick-or-treaters. Run. Do something. Do something. Gotta have a little fun. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. And we'll catch you all in the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Ah!